0: Easy to get a hold of Lior anytime as we get going here in the show. 1-855-821-5900, Lior at EmploymentHour.com. The, uh, the way we do it, the pattern is we get into a bunch of topics today. We'll get into some emails as well, but first we always start with the week that was. Yeah, let's uh, let's do that. Always happy to be back here talking about employment law,
1: workplace rights, everything and anything in between uh, you know, if you have questions, always want to hear from you. Let's start off with uh, the week that was. Couple of uh, scenarios, situations that I uh, worked on and worked with this week because I think some of our listeners are gonna probably identify with some of these situations. The first one takes us back to an issue we've talked on the show about uh, before many times, which is uh, harassment, workplace oh, yeah. harassment, and it doesn't seem to be going away. Well, here's what happened with this individual that I uh, I, I spoke with uh, in the past week. So he had worked for the same company for about 18 years. And throughout this 18 years, he had slowly moved up through the ranks. started off at a very entry-level position, moved into a very senior position uh, because he was a very good employee, good at what he did, uh, stellar reviews throughout, you know, really a superstar on the rise uh, and and throughout the 18 years. Well, uh, about a year ago, he got a new manager, a brand-new manager, uh, someone that was brought in from the U.S., and literally within two weeks of this manager taking over, he's already giving him a bad performance review. Within two weeks, this guy never got a bad performance right. review ever. And two weeks later, he's getting a perform- bad performance review. Okay, well, over the the following year, the guy mistreats him completely. He excludes him from meeting. He's belligerent to him. Uh, he takes tries to take over some of his responsibilities. Nice. Talks down to him uh, very, very badly. And of course, at the end of this last year he gives him another performance review terrible awful this guy's the worst thing ever to the point that it's so bad this manager says that my client now has to take on a lower level position in fact I've decided you're so bad that you cannot continue in this position. You have to take a lower level position. And uh, your only choice is to accept it. And they that's what they say. Boss well, of the year, this guy. Boss of the year. Uh, and, of course, that's when he contacts me. Obviously, very distraught, very upset. You know, he's mm-hmm. had a, a career trajectory that was pointing the right way. Now, all of a sudden, he's dealing with this uh, this new manager. And, and his career is now in the dumps, literally, because he's now being demoted. Well... Several things. Obviously, the uh, constr- the uh, harassment itself is illegal. It's a violation of several statutes. It's also a constructive dismissal by harassing someone, mistreating them, being unfair, unreasonable. It's as if you've terminated them uh compounding that is the fact that now they're demoting him another constructive dismissal so but he can't he doesn't have any obligation to accept a lower level mm-hmm. position of, of course and the company can't establish really that he did anything wrong that he was so bad that he was deserving of this demotion so, because of that, this gentleman has been constructively dismissed, and given what had happened in the past year, he doesn't even want to continue working there anymore. He wants out of there, he doesn't want to work with this boss and By the way, in the past uh, year, when he did complain to h r about the boss, you know what they say to, said to him said well that's just the guy's management style. You have to, you know, grin and bear it.
0: Oh, that's the style. It a bad boss.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the bad boss style. Yeah. So I'm now helping him with the constructive dismissal. He's owed about 24 months compensation, you know, very senior position well paying position after 18 years. So I'm going to get him his two years pay. But it is a shame, John, that you know, eighteen years of such a good career and all this work that went in, uh, just goes down the toilet so quickly. He really deserved a lot better than what he got.
0: And the silver lining is he might come out of this with a you know a healthy severance package, courtesy of you and your work, and he might uh, move on to, to better things. Door closes, doors open.
1: Right? Yeah, and, and that's that's the idea. Although I can tell you from speaking to him and seeing how emotional he was, it, it doesn't uh, you know hurt. It, 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 the sting is still there. Let's yeah. just no, put no, it that sure. way. When you've put in all this time, yeah. What else he got? So uh, second matter a different situation i've talked before here about uh, our website terminationquestions.com mm-hmm. so it's a website that you can go on and ask any question you want about anything to do with your workplace rights well i got a question from a lady uh on, on the terminationquestions.com website asking me if it's uh if, if her employer uh when th- that gave her a pay decrease a couple of years ago can they do it again and mm-hmm. Uh, that that was the question. They reduced my pay, and now they want to do it again. What can I do about it? And you know, I had to give her the unfortunate answer that in situations where your employer gives you a pay reduction, you don't have to accept it. But if you do, guess what you've done, now done? You've given them the right to do it again. Even just once. Even just once. Uh. So about a year and a half ago, her employer reduced her pay, not by a lot. You know, They, they reduced it by pay. I think it was from uh, $18 an hour to $17 an hour, something like that. Well, now they want to reduce it by further to to $13 an hour uh, and, you know, for economical reasons. The problem is once you let your employer get away with that, you've given them the right to do it again and again. So I wanted to make that point here because it is important. If your employer wants to change the terms of your employment, to demote you, to reduce your compensation, to move you to a different location, etc., you have to get some legal advice. By allowing that to happen, you may be potentially uh, hurting yourself a lot worse in the future. That's what happened
0: to this lady, and I don't want our listeners to ever fall into that trap. Now, the same goes for for many aspects of your employment when they decide to change things. You accept it, you know, take a couple days of holiday away or whatever. Once you start to, or relocate you for a certain amount of time, that can that can be permanent as well later yeah. on. Yeah, right? once you open that
1: door, yeah. it's open and it's very difficult to close it again. So don't. I wouldn't open it to begin with. You have the right to maintain your terms of employment. If your terms of employment are what they are, they cannot be changed unilaterally without your consent. Uh, And by, by allowing them to be changed, you potentially can now face a situation where they're changed again and again. So let's not let that happen the first time
0: we got about a minute left till we go to a quick break. Let's touch on severance pay calculator, shall we?
1: Yeah. And you know, oftentimes what we talk about, we'll talk about it uh, specifically when we come back from break, is what happens when you lose your job and how do you calculate your severance entitlements and what is severance to begin with? Well, a good starting point always is severancepaycalculator.com. It's a tool that I created uh, close to three years ago I now. Know. It allows you to assess how much severance you're owed, It's very easy to use. It's free. Anyone can use it. It should always be the very first place you go to if you lost your job automatically. You lose
0: your job, you go to severancepaycalculator.com. We want to uh, continue on that. We want to get into termination and severance, some of the basics about dismissal, et cetera, et cetera. You have emails. You want to send those and questions, no problem. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com and the number 1-855-821-5900. The Employment Hour. Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. 1-855-821-5900. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That's the number anytime to get a hold of Leor and the uh, email is lior at employmenthour.com. Let's get into this termination severance. Uh, you mentioned a couple times during the first segment that is wrongful dismissal. What is it? Describe.
1: Yeah. And, and there's a lot of confusion, you know, kind of in the general pub, uh, public in terms of what is a wrongful dismissal. Oftentimes people call me believing that they've been wrongfully dismissed because the employer let them go and they did nothing wrong or maybe the employer let them go mm-hmm. uh, and, and kept someone there that wasn't as good and people call and say, Lior, I have been wrongfully dismissed. Well, not necessarily. What is a wrongful dismissal? Really, believe it or not, a wrongful dismissal is a situation where you have been let go and have not been paid the severance that you are owed. Right. So the, the, the reason could be legitimate, but as long as you did not get the severance that the employer owes you, you have been wrongfully dismissed. So if you're owed 6 months' severance and you've received 2 months' severance or three or four or five, you have been wrongfully dismissed. That is what a wrongful dismissal is. It can happen if the employer lets you go without cause and doesn't pay you enough severance, or if the employer lets you go with cause, again, not paying you severance that's owing to you. So a wrongful dismissal really ultimately comes down to compensation, to money were you let go without the severance that's owed to you uh and oftentimes the reason doesn't really factor into it
0: so uh how often are employees would you say
1: wrongfully dismissed yeah and you know that's uh that's really uh, a staggering number john uh, how many people are wrongfully dismissed i'm going to tell you that well over 90% wow. of people that lose their job are, wrong- are wrongfully dismissed what does that mean that means that over 90% of people that are let go are not offered anywhere near the seventh that they are owed. So if you've been let go, uh, you have a 9 out of 10 chance, and I'm being conservative, by the way, that the severance offer you're looking at, or you know, if your mother or your friend is looking at a severance offer, that severance offer, nine out of ten times, it's not even close to being adequate, which means they have been wrongfully dismissed. Mm. So it's very, very common. Uh, oftentimes, I can I can say this, that employers count on the fact that people may not know any better and may accept this offer that's not adequate. So a wrongful dismissal is a very, very common thing. The problem is most people don't realize they've been wrongfully dismissed That's why we do this show. That's that's why I created the severance calculator to people. So people, if they have been wrongfully dismissed, now they know. Now they know that there is something they can do about it as well.
0: You know, we talk about this and we said it before that, you know, on a, on a nice day like this, you're out, and if you walk down the street and ask 50 people, you know, if you're let go tomorrow, what would your severance be? What's it based on? I bet you with absolute conviction, they would say either a week or two weeks per year.
1: Yeah. Hopefully, by now, the numbers are not as high, because we've yeah, been right. doing the show for three I years. I know. So we've been hopefully been able Preaching to- Preaching the gospel. I hope so. Pre- preach the gospel. That's what we do. And, and people have listened to the show, and I've, I've already seen the shift, believe it or not, over the, the past year people being more educated, a lot mm-hmm. of people uh, you know, hearing our show, using the calculator, spreading the word, spreading the gospel. And, uh, but yeah, that, that's still a massive, massive problem. So many people believe these misconceptions. It's a week's pay for every year if I lose my job. Maybe it's two weeks' pay for every year. Yeah. Anything over that is bonus. No, that is wrong. That is completely incorrect. For the vast majority of people, virtually everyone, it's a heck of a lot more than that. It could be a month's pay for every year. It could be two or three months' pay for every year, depending on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. Those are the factors. And if you want to know specifically how much it is, again, we've said it before, we'll say it now. Go to severancepaycalculator.com. How often do you hear this quote? It can't happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, and what I mean by it can't happen to me, it's not that it can't happen to me that I'm going to lose my job. It can't happen to me that my severance offer won't be good enough. Right. People believe their employer. Uh, people believe that the employer may do the right thing or that uh, you know, those people that have not received proper severance, there was a reason. Maybe they were bad employees and that's why they didn't get severance. The reality is it can happen to you. And if you lost your job, it has probably happened to you. And, you know, there's p- people that are, li- are listening right now to our show. And maybe they lost their job a year ago or five or ten years ago. Again, I don't know anything about your situation, but I can tell you that it's extremely likely that five years ago when you lost your job, that severance offer that you signed uh, off on, unless you got legal advice, mm-hmm. was not good. It was not even close to being good. So can it happen to you? Unfortunately, yes. Therefore, if you lost your job, you have to get legal advice.
0: Well, don't people assume, you know, they're working for, you know, the big bad company with the HR uh, people and the nice forms they have to sign when they leave. So obviously, hey, they know best. They're they're the company. They must know what I should get, right? Well,
1: yeah, they're the company. They're the sophisticated ones. And maybe there's a trust there. You know, I've worked for this company for years. We have a good relationship. So if they tell me that is- Why would they stiff me? Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, if they say to me, I'm owed this, well, I guess that's right so let let me let me make it clear. I'm not saying necessarily that the employer is trying to mislead you yeah. uh maybe, but that's not necessarily the case. Your employer may it may itself be ignorant its as to its obligations. Your employer may not realize that they have certain obligations to you. That is very often the case just because you work for a company doesn't mean they know, they know any better, so it's your responsibility to look after your legal entitlements. It's not the company's responsibility to make sure that you're informed. You have to inform yourself. That's why uh, I I always say you have to get some legal advice, go to the calculator, don't believe what the company says, they may not know themselves.
0: Does the size of the company matter?
1: Yeah, and another very big misconception, the size of the employer does not matter when it comes to severance. A lot of employers and employees believe that only only larger companies have to pay severance and that a small company does not. That is wrong. The size of the company is completely irrelevant not only is it irrelevant, John, if you work for a company with 20 employees or 2,000 employees, the amount of severance that you get is going to be the exact same right. because your severance is based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment, not the size of the company or the company's payroll. So the rule, what is it? Very simple. If you lost your job, you're owed severance. Simple
0: as that. We'll we take a short break here. Why don't you go to uh, severancepaycalculator.com just to, you know, run the uh... Run your numbers through the matrix just for uh, kicks and see what you come up with. I'm sure you'll be surprised. Lots more of the show coming up. In the meantime, the number anytime to get a hold of Leor one 855 5900 And email is leor at employmenthour.com. This is the Employment Hour. Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. and Leor at employmenthour.com. Through email, we get to an email here. Uh, Very shortly, we continue our discussion on termination and severance. Uh, Some employees work under a contract with like a fixed end date. Do these people get severance when that contract ends?
1: Yeah, so what I call a fixed term agreement. A fixed term agreement is an agreement for a specific period of time. Maybe you're going to be working for a year or six months, two years, a fixed period of time. So what happens when that agreement comes to an end? Usually, if that agreement comes to an end, no, you're not entitled to severance. Why? Because if you signed a one-year agreement, you knew on day one right. that a year from now, you no longer have a job, right? You had a year to try to find other employment, etc. cetera. Uh, so with a fixed-term agreement, if the agreement is uh, uh, worked until the end, once the agreement ends, no severance. Where you do get severance and potentially a lot of severance is if your employer wants to end that agreement early, So maybe you signed a one-year agreement and your employer wants to end it after seven months well guess what with a fixed term agreement if your employer wants to end it before the end date they have to pay out the balance of the agreement so in my example if your employer wants to end the one-year contract after seven months they still have to pay you the last five months so if you lost your job and you're in a fixed term agreement if it's before the end of that agreement you may be entitled to significant compensation you always want to be careful if you sign an agreement for a fixed term you want to see if there is a term in that agreement that allows the company to let you go earlier to that that allows the company to end it before so what i mean by that is it a contract for a year or is it a contract for a year unless we want to end it before and in which case we'll pay you a week's pay you want to always be mindful of that but the general rule is if you signed a fixed-term contract and the company wants to end it early, they have to pay out the balance of the contract.
0: Leor at employmenthour.com is the email address. We'll get to one here from Jason just writes in, says, I was given two options, to accept another position or be let go. When I told my employer that I didn't want the other position, they sent me home and said that I had quote-unquote resigned. Is that right? Yeah, well, no, yeah. it's not right, John. And you know, you know, you're, you're kind of smirking there. And the reason you're smirking
1: is we've done this show for three years now. And you know that it's absolutely nonsense in a situation like that when you have these options no you, there's another option which is I'm gonna stay in my job okay you can't change my job you can't tell me that I have to accept another job if you don't want me to, to do the other job you have a right as my employer to let me go but you have to pay me mm-hmm. severance so in this case yeah Jason has not resigned his employment was terminated So, Jason, you're owed severance based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. So, it's not a resignation. And remember here, for all our listeners, if your employer is changing your position and telling you you don't have a choice, you do have a choice. You always have a choice. And that choice is to say, no, I want to maintain and stay in my position, the same role with the same compensation, and if they don't want you to do that, well, they're, it's their right then to let you go with full severance. It's not a resignation. So, Jason, you have to give me a call as soon as possible.
0: one 821 5900 is the number to give Lior a call anytime. We're talking about uh, termination severance. So, you know, a lot of people are listening going, yeah, okay, my severance package, uh, according to the calculator and what you've said on this show and past shows, seems to be a little shy of where it should be. So, the fear is if they try to go back and negotiate the amount of severance, they're, they're thinking, you know what, forget it. They're just going to pull it off the table. I'm going to get less than they already offered. Yeah, a big concern that
1: people always have, probably one of the major reasons why people may not actually contact me uh, when they lose their job is because they're afraid, well, you know, they've offered me a certain amount. If I work with Lior... If I Lior, rock the boat. Yeah, if I rock the boat or if Lior says I should get more, am I actually going to lose mm-hmm. what they've offered me? I don't want to lose what they've offered. Well, let me make it very, very, very clear. You will not, will not lose what your employers offered you. Why? Because if your employer is offering you something that's less than what you're owed, what what are they going to do? Take that crappy offer off the table? Uh, No, they're not going to do that. I have never... Ever had a situation that, by virtue of us negotiating the severance, uh, someone lost uh, what they originally were offered? In fact, we're going to improve it. We'll probably improve it significantly. So you never have to worry about losing what you've already been offered. It's not going to happen. Not no chance of that whatsoever. That should never be a concern.
0: You know, sometimes people just get that feeling, that spidey sense, that they're about to lose their job. Things have been happening at work. Is there something they can do to be better prepared for it? They probably can't stop it, but.
1: You know what certainly doesn't work is saying well i think i'm going to be let go so let me go on a medical leave maybe that's going to stop it and i'll just Mm -hmm. you know remove myself from the workplace that doesn't work Uh, you know your employer can uh, ultimately let you go still or let you go when you come back so that's not going to change things so let's start off with the proposition that if your employer you believe wants to let you go you probably can't prevent that to prepare yourself number one you have to have certain documents ready You want to have a copy handy of your employment agreement any employment agreement that you signed when you started working if there is a a a bonus plan document Mm -hmm. you want to have that handy if if at all possible if you're concerned that your employer is going to allege just cause that you did something awful you want to see if you can get copies of any disciplinary records that you've received disciplinary letters performance reviews if you have them those would be helpful so gather as much documents and as much information as you can Uh, And that will mean that if when you're let go and we assess your entitlements, we'll have all the information we need, we'll be best prepared to deal with that and make sure that we get your your full severance and your full entitlements. Nothing you can do to prevent being let go, unfortunately, but there are things you can do to help maximize the amount of severance that you will will get if you are let go.
0: So now you've determined that you are uh, losing your job. There is a severance offer in front of you. Um, is it paid out as a lump sum or is it installments over time? Does the employee have a choice? Is it better in your opinion to have one or the other?
1: Yeah. So I, I actually get this question often. Usually when an employer is, uh, decides to let someone go, they have two options. They can pay the, the amount owing as a lump sum payment. So John, here's whatever, let's say 12 months pay and off you go. Uh, the nice thing about a lump sum payment is that there's no strings attached. So if you take the payment and the next day you find another job, well, you're happy. You've done well, right? That's option one. The second option is your employer can pay by what we call salary continuation. So John, instead of paying you a check today for 12 months pay, we're going to pay you over time. So you'll get a check every two weeks for a 12-month period. Usually... If the company chooses that option, the salary continuation option, they would also add a condition that says that if you find another job, John, will cut you off and give you half of what's outstanding. Right. So with all that said, obviously, the lump sum payment is better for the employee because there's no strings attached. Now, even though they're both legal, it's negotiable, and we're very, very often able to negotiate uh, away that 50% clawback condition and negotiate lump sum payments. So can an employer pay you over time? Yes, the employer can. But in many cases, most cases, we're able to negotiate that out and agree on one payment, a clean break. We shake hands and we move forward, not having to be tied to each other for a period of time at all.
0: 1-855-821-5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com. That is the uh, contacts for you. Lots more to go. Taking a short break here in the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. 1-855-821-5900, One eight five five eight two that is the number to get a hold of Lior. Anytime you'd like, you want to send an email, we'll get to a few more of those uh, this hour, the remainder of the show, Leor at employmenthour.com. Let's move on to uh, disciplining employees. When can that happen? When can an employee be disciplined?
1: Yeah, and you know, m- when we say the word discipline, it almost sounds like we're talking about kids, yes, you know, totally. and, uh, yeah, yeah. discipline them. Uh, but that, that is the term that the law uses when an employer has to correct the behavior of an employee. And you know, it's not my term, it's what but the law says so when can an employee be disciplined well an employee can be disciplined and maybe should be disciplined whenever the employee does something that's inconsistent with the expectations of the employer so long as of course those expectations are reasonable so it can be anything from uh, you know misbehaving bad conduct to uh, to work related issues or to bad performance Anything that's inconsistent with the job and the employer's expectations, as long as those are reasonable, is something that otherwise obviously is not acceptable. The employer has an interest in correcting that behavior. And one of the ways an employer can correct that behavior is by imposing forms of discipline, by trying to uh, impose some sort of a punishment or penalty or a threat of a punishment or penalty right. so that the employee gets back on side and start or, and stops the conduct that the employer doesn't con- consider acceptable.
0: If the discipline if the is going to take place, what are the measures and how far can an employer go?
1: So gone are the days when we can beat an employee with a stick, John. So that's that's not good. Let's not go there. Ah. Uh, the The discipline that is available usually is uh, anything ranges from uh, from warnings, be it verbal or written warnings to suspensions so we, uh, and by the way, suspensions usually would have to be paid suspension and unpaid suspension uh, is actually a constructive dismissal. Another type of uh, disciplinary measure that 's more of an extreme one may be a disciplinary demotion so if someone clearly can't do the job. They're really, really bad at it. We may actually be able to discipline them by uh, demoting them to another position. So warning, suspension, potentially demotion, those are the disciplinary measures available to the the employer. Uh, And anything beyond that usually would be something that the law would not consider
0: acceptable. So waterboarding is definitely not there. I got you. No, no, not not anymore. No, John. (laughs) 1-855-821-5900 is the number to get a hold of Lior. So how does the employer choose between all these disciplinary measures to use? So ultimately, the punishment has to fit the crime.
1: Uh, If you're guilty of a minor uh, incident, you know, you were late five, minutes today. it's the first time you've done it, well, to suspend you would be extreme. That's not an appropriate disciplinary measure. And if the employer does overreach with its discipline, that can be a constructive dismissal. So if I suspended you for three days because you're late five minutes a day, yeah, guess what? That's probably overreaching. Well, it definitely is overreaching, that could be a constructive dismissal. So punishment has to fit the crime. The more minor the incident, the more minor the discipline should be, by the same token, if it's a if it's a minor incident but it's the fifth time that incident happened this week then the employer should should uh, engage more serious discipline ultimately we want the employer to engage in what's called progressive discipline what i mean by that is that the more uh, discipline sorry the more incidents there are the more serious the discipline becomes right. so for the first incident you get a warning second incident maybe now you get a written warning eventually you get a suspension etc sure. so it escalates uh, as the conduct escalates uh, oftentimes, uh, what I do see in my practice is that employers you know jump the gun and go to a very f- serious form of discipline way before they 've engaged in the previous discipline before there 's a, discipl- a disciplinary record and that actually can cause a lot of problems that could be a constructive dismissal and it may even be considered harassment in some situations so it 's very important to be to be gradual and to to have the punishment fit
0: the crime to get a lot to get through a lot of emails rather that have built up over time because people have questions. They send them in all the time. It's Leor at employmenthour.com. Frank writes in says, I was just let go and my employer is refusing to include my commissions in my severance. Half my total pay was commissions. What can I do and can they do this?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, the, the, the short answer is no, they cannot do this. And why? When you get severance, your severance has to be based on your total compensation. It has to be based on what you would have expected to earn if you'd continued working. So if Frank gets half of his pay by way of commissions, well, those commissions absolutely have to be included in his severance. Those commissions are an important part of his compensation. They're half of his compensation. So if his employer doesn't pay that effectively, they're only paying him half of the severance that they owe him. So Frank, that's a wrongful dismissal. If you've been let go and if your employer is not including all components of your compensation, in this case commission, then you've been wrongfully dismissed. You're owed compensation, you're owed money, and in this case Frank should call me right away. Oftentimes this is very easy to resolve. I can send them a letter say, no, no, you have to include commission uh, and they'll they'll back off and pay what's owing. Now, it's not just commissions. It would be also bonuses. If there's a car allowance, benefits have to be continued, pension contributions, RSP contributions. Uh All components of compensation have to be included in severance. And the employer is never going to forget about the salary, but they may often forget, you know, deliberately or not, about the other components of compensation, and those are just as important uh, as everything else.
0: Most sales uh, commissions, I would imagine, for people out there are not consistent either week to week or month to month. So how do you, uh, as a lawyer looking at those commissions to include in their severance, how do you calculate how much it should be?
1: Yeah, and you're absolutely right. If you're a commissioned person, uh, you you have what we call variable compensation. Your compensation changes from week to week, Mm -hmm. month to month, year to year. And so how do we calculate... uh, uh, commission or how would we calculate severance? Well, it's quite simple. We look at an average. That's the only reliable measure that we have. So depending on how long you've worked there, we look either you know, at, at, at a recent average or maybe a three-year average and determine, okay, on average, you make $8,000 a month. Uh, that's including all your commissions. If that's the case, we're going to use 8000 to calculate your severance. So it's an average. That's the only reliable measure that we have. Unless, of course, there's a reason to think or believe that if you'd stayed on you would have earned more or less get a big fat check coming yeah. your way or something or you right? know you just landed these big clients and you would right. have expected a lot more commission in the next few months than what you did in the past yeah. or maybe you just lost some big clients and you would have expected less commissions again all those factors we would look at but uh, the general rule is with the person whose compensation changes we would look at an average compensation an average income and use that figure to calculate the person's commissions.
0: In the meantime, when we take a short break, you can go to severancepaycalculator.com, punch in uh, some quick bits of information, and see if it ever came down the pike, what you'd be owed if you lost your job, say, tomorrow. It's a really surprising number, but it's a, it's a good number. You want to keep that all the time in your tablet, your iPhone, your iPad. You can do it there as well. And for Android, in the meantime, the number is 1-855-821-5900. And Lior at employmenthour.com. Employment Hour continues. Talk Radio AM640 and AM900 chml 855 821 5900 that's the number to get a hold of Leor and Leor at employmenthour.com to send us an email we were talking about disciplining employees and the way it's done if an employee feels that the discipline they're receiving is not justified what do they do
1: yeah and you know if it's not justified what i mean by that of course is you maybe actually didn't do something that you're accused of doing mm-hmm. you know you, you were disciplined or warned or suspended because they said you did something and you didn't do it or maybe you did do it, but the, as I said before, the punishment doesn't fit the crime. You were suspended because you were late for five minutes. So in those situations, the discipline is not appropriate. And the first thing I would I would uh, do is see if that matter can be resolved internally. Is there a manager, an HR manager, someone you can speak to internally uh, to address that issue, raise your concerns, and see if something can be done. Maybe the discipline could be wiped out, uh, wiped away, and, and uh, something else be done instead if you've done that and you haven't gone anywhere or there's no one really to talk to it's a, it's a very small operation you got the boss and that's it so and the boss is the one that disciplined you well at that point we need to talk because we may be able to treat that discipline as a constructive dismissal potentially depending on the situation i may be able to get involved if, if it's appropriate and send a letter to your employer explaining why the discipline is not appropriate and have them reverse it uh, or potentially, if now you're so upset and you don't want to come back because you think you've been treated unfairly, we can treat that as a constructive dismissal, get you out of the workplace, and get you your full severance. So try to deal with it internally first. Mm-hmm. If you can't, then we can deal with it uh, externally.
0: When can the employer say, you know what? Enough is enough of this guy or girl. Yeah, <laughs> or, or girl. Let, let's not pick on anyone. Yeah.
1: So that uh, would th- be a situation that we refer to as a termination for cause. So, when can an employer terminate for cause? In other words, enough is enough. Well, you can say enough is enough when you've really tried to fix the problem, but you failed. So, you've provided warnings in advance, you've tried to improve the conduct, maybe you've even provided help or training, and clearly this employee is just not getting it. There's nothing more than we can do. If that is the case, if you can show that there is past discipline, if you can show that you've tried everything you can as the employer to fix the problem, then you may be able to terminate for cause. Remember, John, that is a very high standard, mm-hmm. extremely high. It's not enough to show that the employee did something wrong or even that the employee did a few things wrong. In order to be able to terminate for cause, you have to show that it's impossible to continue employing the person. That's very, very difficult. So I would want to see at least you know three or so prior warnings or, or some three forms of discipline before you can really consider a termination for cause. And then maybe, depending on all the factors and the circumstances, you may be able to let someone go for cause. The reality is, John, that most employers pull the trigger on a termination for cause way before they should. So whenever I see someone that uh, supposedly is let go for cause, you know, they come to me and they say, Lior, my employer let me go for cause, they're not paying me any severance because they say I've done all these things. In the vast majority of these cases, you know, 95% of the time, it's not cause. That doesn't mean that the employee didn't do something wrong. It just means that it's not all the way at the level of cause. Uh, of course, there are some uh, types of offenses that, on their own, uh, even in isolation, would be cause: theft, yeah. violence, you know, sexual harassment. If an employee done that, and in fact are guilty of that conduct, they can be let go for cause. But most other conduct, we really would want to see the the employer building up its case, having the backup. Uh, and being able to show that there's nothing more that the employer could have done.
0: 1-855-821-5900 is Lior's number anytime. This question, uh, a couple different parts to it. I'll just lay it out there. Uh, First of all, what is a performance improvement plan? Does the employee have to accept it? And then what if the employer is still not satisfied with the performance at the end of the plan?
1: Yeah, a performance improvement plan is a mechanism that an employer often uses whenever someone's performance is deficient. So whenever a, an employee doesn't have, you know, or doesn't perform to the standards set by the employer, an employer may use a performance improvement plan, which is really a, a, a list of expectations. Here's what we expect from you, here's what you need to do in order to meet our expectations, and here's how long you have to do it by. So it's gonna provide the expectations and a time frame by which those expectations have to be met. Oftentimes, a performance improvement plan is a tool used by the employer to try to build up a case for cause. So they, they'll put someone on a performance improvement plan and if they're not happy with it at that point, they may say, well, we tried to, to fix the problem, we put you on a performance improvement plan, you didn't do what we wanted, so we can let you go for cause. Well, not so fast. In order to be able to terminate for someone for cause, you'd have to show that the performance improvement plan was reasonable, that it was justified and warranted, that you gave the person enough time to fix the problem, and that those expectations themselves were reasonable. So if my expectation is, well, I need you within two weeks to increase your sales by 500%, well, that's probably not going to happen, right? I'll, I'll need to give you a lot of time to do that, if that's even doable. So the fact that there's a performance improvement plan doesn't mean that it's reasonable. My advice to employees, if you're presented with a performance improvement plan, is make sure it's reasonable. It's okay to sign that you've received it. I would never sign something that says that you acknowledge your performance was not good. But if the performance plan itself is unreasonable, if they set expectations there that are not proper, you have to call them on it. Mm-hmm. You can't just sign it and say, well, I'll do my best, you know, and it's probably not gonna happen. You have to outline exactly what's wrong with it, why what they've said number one is not true, why the expectations are not reasonable, or maybe why the time frame that they gave you to meet those expectations is not appropriate. You know, silence is considered acceptance. You know, saying nothing, doing nothing, the law considers that as you accepting. If you object to something, you have to do it verbally. You have to be clear about it. And in some situations, it may be appropriate to engage me, have uh, me speak to you, and, and we'll talk about how to deal with that specifically.
0: And you have said it so many times before about the silencing. You know, this builds up over a couple of years. I mean, it's, it's, it, it could eventually turn on and bite you in the rear end because now they can fire you. They've done it three or well, four yeah, times you've you know, accepted it. Right? You've accepted it.
1: You know, but Maybe you didn't want to. Maybe you didn't agree, but you didn't say anything. Right. By being you know, quiet about it, you're considered to have accepted that plan. And if you accepted the plan as otherwise being reasonable and you didn't meet it, well, guess what? That's on you. So don't let that happen to you. If, if, you're, if you agree with it, that's fine. Agree with it, no problem. But if it's not reasonable, it's not fair, it's something that you cannot reasonably achieve within the time frame they want you to achieve it by, you have to say something. Very important.
0: We'll uh, get to an email as soon as we come back uh, to send us one, leor at employmenthour.com, and the number is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. This is the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. 1 855 821 5900, Lior. That's his number anytime. And an email is Lior, L I O R, at employmenthour.com. We'll get to a couple of those as promised. First, I'll get to uh, Barb here. Says, After I was let go, I signed my termination paperwork without speaking to a lawyer because my employer assured me that it was very generous. Of course, they did. I, uh, I now use the severance calculator and it shows that my severance uh, offer was not good. It was way off. Is there anything I can do about it?
1: Yeah. And, you know, what, what uh, I, I really hate getting these emails and I get them all the time and I get calls. Like that all the time someone saying you know i accepted my offer i didn't know any better and now i heard your show or now i've used the severance calculator now i do know better well what can i do about it the reality is in almost all of these cases once you've signed the severance offer you can't do anything about it yep. even if you didn't know any better even if you believed your employer maybe your employer misled you on purpose or not on purpose uh mostly you can't do anything about it why because you know what they say a deal's a deal so if you were offered a bad deal and not knowing any better, you have accepted a bad deal. You live with it. It's still a deal. So in most cases, unfortunately, uh, and I think from you know what Barb says in her email, I think it's too late to do anything about it. That's why, John, it's so so important. You don't sign that severance offer. You don't sign that piece of paper and then find out what your entitlements are. You first find out what your entitlements are, and then if you still want to, you can sign that piece of paper. Mm-hmm. But you know you don't put the cart before the horse. Uh, now, when can you get around the, an agreement like that? Well, if if you signed it under duress, and what I mean by that is you you were put in a room, you were locked in there, and you were told you got to sign this, or you're not leaving this room. You don't even get one call like you get in jail. You right. Know, you, <laughs> Nothing. You, you just got to sign it. Uh, and if that's the case, or maybe they said, you know, we owe you all this commissions, but we're not going to pay you the commissions that we owe you unless you sign. If if there's real duress like that, you may be able to get around it. That's. That's fairly high uh, standard, difficult to establish. So let's not make that mistake. Let's not sign an offer and then realize that we signed the bad one. Let's find out if it's good or not before we consider signing.
0: You know, that's the thing. Sometimes that takes time. And I think what happens is a lot of people who go ahead and jump the gun and sign these things is because they say, oh, geez, Friday afternoon at 5, it's already Wednesday. I got I to sign this and get it back. I don't, I've i had people call me panicking, and that's just not the case. No, it is not the case that Friday deadline or Tuesday or Thursday or whatever the date is, is
1: meaningless. I deal with that every single day. People call me and say, what about this deadline? Later? Forget about the deadline. That deadline doesn't matter. Ignore it. It doesn't exist. Okay. Your legal rights don't expire tomorrow or Thursday or Friday. You have two years to pursue your entitlements. So unless the deadline is, you know, two years after you've uh, lost your job, maybe then you need to worry. Mm-hmm. But un- unless that's the case, forget about that deadline. You're, you have one job and that is to make sure what you've been offered is appropriate. It doesn't matter if it takes you a day, a week, a month, a year to get that done. You have to get that done. Your legal rights are not going to expire.
0: Get uh, one last email here before we wrap. Uh, Henry says, I received a few warnings over the last three years with respect to my work performance. How many warnings does the employer have to provide me before they can uh, let me go for cause? Yeah, and as I was saying before,
1: obviously, to let someone go for cause is difficult. You really have to show as the employer that the employee can't improve, that you as the employer have tried everything possible. So one of the ways you can show that as the employer is saying that, look, there's past discipline. This is not a one-off situation. There's been other problems. We've provided discipline. We've tried to correct the behavior and we failed. How many other disciplines we need? Well, it's difficult to say because it does depend on the the misconduct, depends on the length of employment. An employee that's been working for 30 years uh, is owed more than an employee that's been working for three months. So, you know, it's difficult to say, but usually it kind of as a, as a general rule of thumb, I'd say three, you know, less than three is almost never going to be enough for cause. Uh, three is a, is a decent number, although in some cases you may need more than three as the employer. If, if it's very minor incidents, if it's a long service employee, you may need 10. You know, depending on the on the uh, on the circumstances, so really I would need to know more from Henry as to first of all how long he's worked himself, what kind of issues there were with the employer, uh, what did the warnings themselves say. So it may, it may it may or may not yet be a situation where his employer can let him go for cause at this point.
0: Severance pay calculator, give me some final details.
1: Yeah, so you know I've been preaching preaching the gospel throughout this show, throughout every show, uh, people getting some advice, understanding what they are owed. Uh, and you know, I understand very well that sometimes people may not want to speak to a lawyer. Maybe they think it's intimidating. Hopefully, by now people are not intimidated. They've been hearing me on the radio for three years. They know I I I, I, I don't I don't bite. I don't yell at anyone. I want to help people. But irrespective of that, I've made it even easier for someone to find for anyone to find out what they owed. You go to severancepaycalculator.com. Again, severancepaycalculator.com completely free it's completely anonymous it's accurate and it tells you how much severance you're owed it's very simple you input your age your position and the length of your employment and it tells you whether it's a week pay you owed, or 24 months pay, or anything in between. So it's a very easy, fast, accurate way of finding out your legal entitlements. Again, severancepaycalculator.com.
0: Until next time, the number to get hold of Leor anytime: one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Emails as well: Leor L I O R at employmenthour.com. This has been the Employment Hour once again on Talk Radio AM six forty and AM nine hundred CHML.